This man does not break eye contact for one second. He is an <laughs> eye contact person. Absolutely. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Fall in Love February. Whoa, ouch. I just fell <laughs> in love. Owie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Um, yeah, we're super excited to bring you the second movie in our February lineup. Some of my favorite actors are in this mm-hmm. movie. I was really excited to watch it and... Where I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell yeah. you what it is. We are doing 2020's The Photograph starring Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. I'm a huge Issa Rae fan. So I was mm-hmm. like more than happy to review this movie. All my Insecure fans out there, what do we think? Did you guys like the final season? Let me know. Hit me up in the DMs. I actually never saw Insecure. I think this is the only oh, Issa Rae so project I've seen. But I really enjoyed it. I watched it in 2020, like during quarantine. Whenever it came on to like streaming, I watched it because mm-hmm. I remember wanting to see it pre-COVID, but it actually like it was released on Valentine's Day in 2020. So yeah. unfortunately, uh, this movie kind of got forgotten, you know, in the in the zeitgeist. Yeah. But yeah, I watched it years ago and I remember like liking it but i was i wasn't necessarily like you know blown away but i really really yeah. liked it the second time around watching it and i was kind of surprised by how much i was like so invested in it yeah i mean i don't remember the pandemic literally hit in february which is so crazy yeah but i definitely had heard like lukewarm reviews about the movie and then i kind of just like there was so much happening i didn't take the ta- the time to see it but yeah, I'm really happy I finally got the chance to see it. Well, should we talk numbers? Yes. The budget, I hate when they fucking do this. There's I a know. range on Wikipedia. <laughs> it pisses me off. It says the budget was about 16 to 28 million. I'm like, that's a big range. That's such a big range. Yeah. And it really impacts whether this movie made a profit or not. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because it says it made 20 million, or sorry, 21 million in the box office. So I'm like, yeah, did, what was there a profit? Like, what's up? Yeah, very unclear. I hate it when they do that. So, yeah. In any case, like the as we said, the reviews were kind of mixed or lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of like discussion whether people preferred like Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield's uh, storyline or uh, the flashback storyline with her mom and dad. So, yeah, people weren't super sold on this movie, but. I mean, I'll, I'll save my, my thoughts as to why I think that is later on. Ooh, okay. As we said, it was released on Valentine's Day. And the principal photography for this movie did take place around New Orleans. That might be obvious, but I don't know what New Orleans looks like. So I was like, oh, did they actually go mm. and do it in the real place? Or did they do like a soundstage type of thing or whatever? Yeah. So that's always great to see. I always find it so interesting when movies actually go to the place that they're supposed to take place in because it also adds like revenue to that area yeah and like when you know when things like are filmed there and stuff so yeah yeah new orleans always looks cool in movies i really want to go 
Have you ever been? No, I've never been. I really do want to go, though. We tried to go yeah. once, but it was too we expensive, did. <laughs> so we didn't go. We did. <sighs> yes, yeah, so as we mentioned, our main stars, Issa Rae, Lakeith Stanfield, and Issa Rae's performance um, was actually really appreciated by critics. And she got a nomination at the NAACP Image Awards uh, for Outstanding Actress in Motion Picture and also a nomination for the People's Choice Awards for Drama Movie Star of 2020. Yeah, go off. She's so talented. Yeah, she really is. Because I don't know if she directed any episodes of Insecure or if she was just writing them, but I just think the writing in the show is so well done like the way that it flows and like all the different story arcs come together i really recommend it yeah um and then pretty much just one more fun fact that we have there isn't like a ton of information but there is just an interesting like casting tree because uh yalan noel who plays young isaac was on Issa Rae's show insecure and then Lakeith Stanfield and Lil Rel Howery were both in Get Out. And Get Out was directed by Jordan Peele, who is married to Chelsea Peretti. Chelsea Peretti played Sarah, Michael's boss, in the photograph. So it kind of seems like they were just like, hey, let's who's get around? Some people who's we got, know. Who's, like, who's, who's up for it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I like them all so much. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a great like casting in my opinion Mm -hmm. chelsea peretti is like so fucking funny she literally has also like two or three lines and on the wikipedia it's like also starring chelsea peretti (laughs) and i'm like that's crazy to say andy has more lines than her oh absolutely yeah but she's got the star power so what she does have the star power Well, before we dive in, we just want to remind you that out on Patreon this month is our Pride and Prejudice episode. Uh, People are really loving the episode. I'm so happy that you guys are enjoying it. (sighs) It's been long awaited, so glad we could finally get it out there. And if you, listener, would like to hear our Pride and Prejudice episode, you can check out our Patreon, see if you might want to join. It's $5 a month, and you get bonus episodes and a lot of fun perks. So check it out. And we really took our time with the Pride and Prejudice episode. So if you're like, (laughs) I have a three-hour road trip and I just don't want to listen to tunes. I want something a little meatier. Yep. Hey. Hey, we got you covered for three and a half hours. (laughs) Exactly. And before we jump into it, we do want to shout out the title Fall in Love February was 100% influenced and inspired by one of our listeners, Courtney Girl had some ideas in the Discord, and I was like, we have to use this. So thank you so, so much. We really take into account the things that people post on Discord and like are always looking for recommendations or ideas and stuff. So yeah, if you want to be a part of that community, like we mentioned, join Patreon. It's a great community too. Everyone is so nice. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, should we just jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. So we open up with this home video from May 1st, 1989, and it is footage of Christina Eames taken by a man named Billy, and he asks her if she's glad that she came to New York, and she says yes, and he asks if she misses Louisiana, and she says parts of it, the good parts. 
He asks what she likes about New York, and she says that she likes her work. And then in the background, we hear like a child laugh, and she briefly looks over and smiles and says that she likes being a mother, but then she pauses. And he asks what she's thinking, and she says that she wishes she was as good at love as she is at working, and she wishes she didn't leave people behind as often. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was just such like a beautiful quiet like opening to the movie oh yeah i love any sort of like uh home movie style thing that's incorporated into movies and i don't know there's something very captivating about the actress who plays christina what's her name i'm looking it up right now it's shantae adams yeah she uh she's incredibly talented i really enjoyed her performance she was fantastic she delivers so many beautiful subtleties in her facial expressions yeah she does a quiet just really um developed internal life very well Mm -hmm. so we cut from this 1989 home uh video and we go to Michael Block, played by Lakeith Stanfield, just looking so hot immediately on screen. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm already like drooling. But anyways, so (laughs) he is like a journalist for the Republic and he's actually driving through Louisiana taking photos for a story. So he pulls up to someone's house. Um, He's actually interviewing a man named Isaac. And they meet in the kitchen where he's making boiled crab. Michael initially like turns down his offer for crab. But (laughs) Isaac is like, when someone offers you boiled crab, like you agree to eat the boiled crab. And I'm like, absolutely. Literally, why are you (laughs) turning this down? Like, yeah, like as a shellfish curly, I'm like, how could you possibly (laughs) say no? I know, right? Oh, my God. Sorry. I started thinking about Drop Dead Gorgeous and I was like, yeah. She wasn't a shellfish girl. <laughs> no, no. But he does agree. And then Michael's like, can I start recording? So they record the interview. And it turns out Michael is working on a story about Point Alahash. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think he says it like Point Lahash, I think is how he refers to it. Mm-hmm. They talk about a couple different things. Katrina, the oil spill, the impact like on the area. and. We find out that Isaac hasn't always fished. He was a third generation, or he is a third generation like fisherman, but he was also in the military. And before that, he worked um, on an oil refinery for Gulf Oil, but he got fired because he refused to pump dirty water into the river. He also mentions just how it took generations to go from sharecropping to independent farming, and they destroyed them with the oil spill. I wish that this came back more. Yeah. I kind of thought it was going to. Right, right. There is just such an insane history with Louisiana mm-hmm. and with Hurricane Katrina and um, the lack of resources around mm-hmm. rebuilding that area after the devastating hurricane. So it just would have been like a really interesting layer if that was somehow interconnected. And I was like, it's also so important. Like I didn't expect them to mention it once and then just be like, yeah, we're done here. Yeah. Cause later on, once he finishes the article, even Andy is like, Oh, this article is really personal. And he's like, yeah, it just kind of ended up being about me and my stuff. And I'm like, that's evident by this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. That's crazy. (laughs) That's me for real. Yeah. But in any case, obviously, you know, they're, they're kind of setting this up just to give us 
a little bit of information about Isaac, kind of set him up as, you know, a man of principle, like a, a decent, decent man. Yeah. So we go into the living room where Isaac shows Michael like a picture of his late wife and asks Michael if he's married and he says, no, I, I just got out of something. She actually literally called me when I was on my flight here telling me not to bother coming by. Mm-hmm. So the girl he was seeing lives in Louisiana. Damn. And Michael then points out uh, this photo of a woman and asks who it is. And Isaac says that it's Christina Eames, who we saw in the opening. And she took all these other photos, too, that he has and says that she moved to New York to become a photographer. They lost contact after she took off, or rather, he let her leave Mm. 30 years later, and he's still trying to figure it out. So naturally, Michael and us are like, color me intrigued (laughs) yeah and he says that too much time has passed uh, for him to look her up and the older you get the less people you have to talk to which means more time to go over every regret i was like oh my god that freaking gut punch that line is yeah i know that's like one of the biggest tropes that scares me the most is like long lost relationships that can never be reconciled i'm like um terrifying devastating i'm terrified yeah yeah so then we cut to new york and we meet may morton played by the lovely Issa ray and <laughs> did you write in an incredible <laughs> outfit i did yeah she looks so good in this whole movie mm-hmm. and i'm like that's insane because like i'm 26 and i i literally look the house <laughs> I sorry. I literally leave the house looking a mess like constantly. So that's yeah. insane to me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but <laughs> so she goes to the security deposit box. So she opens this security deposit box where there's a note from her mother. Um, and there are two letters. So she asks her to read hers first and then to share the second with her father. Then May takes a look at the same picture of her late mother as Isaac had in his house. Her mom's name is Christina Ames. I don't know if we mentioned that explicitly. Mm -hmm. And then May goes to – this is a quote from the notes. May goes to her mom's giant apartment, parentheses, holy crap, and reads her letter. It's huge. This apartment is floor-to-ceiling windows. Mm -hmm. Great view. Absolutely. There's a fucking full-sized-ass dining room table. Yeah. It's gigantic. Massive. And, like, we see that she she moved there in, I guess, what would have been, like, 84, 85. So she probably ended up buying it, like, not long after that. So got it as a, as a oh, pretty wow. good deal would be my guess. Yeah, good for her. She really made it. Like, mm-hmm. love that for her. So – She starts reading this letter, and her mom talks about how she waited too long to face her cancer, and she needs to write her way out of this mess she's made. And then we flash back to young Christina and Isaac laying on a blanket, stargazing, and Christina describes how a heart can be so full of love that it's like a weight on your chest that makes it impossible to move. And that's how she felt when she was with him. I know. Her letters are also just so eloquently written. Yeah. I really liked hearing them. Mm -hmm. So May puts the letter in her purse and 
she's clearly going through it emotionally, mm-hmm. like the passing of her mom, these like mysterious letters and stuff. It's written all over her face that she's just like has so much to sort out. Mm-hmm. So the next morning we go back to Michael. He's back in New York at work and he checks in with his boss, Chelsea Peretti. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> She asks about Louisiana and, you know, the girl that he's seeing who lives there. And Michael just sighs and hands her some money. So clearly they had a bet on whether or not his relationship would work out. I actually didn't see the money handoff. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So Michael then goes over to his, like, friend slash coworker, Andy. Andy is an intern uh, at The Independent. He brings some coffee and is complaining about how he isn't getting any assignments. Like, he wants to be taken seriously. So Michael's like, okay, well, I'm working on this piece. Can you go and look up the photographer, Christina Eames? Yes. And then Michael heads over to the Queen's Museum to meet Miss May Morton. And May tells him that after he called, she put all her mom's photos from La Hatch aside. And um, she says that they were surprised she passed because they didn't tell anyone she was sick. And Michael tells her that he saw her pictures when he was interviewing a guy in Louisiana and shows her the photos of them together. And May is like really taken aback by this because I guess her mom hated when people took photos of her. So it would be super rare for anyone to have that. Mm -hmm. Michael shows May like the photo of her mother that becomes kind of like a running image that we see throughout the movie Mm -hmm. of her just sitting at this table um, looking very just relaxed and kind of candid and says that their relationship ended after she left Louisiana. And May is like, yeah, she wasn't good at staying places for long or relationships. Mm. And Michael is so like suave. He's like, well, uh, maybe we shouldn't be good at staying in places. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) okay. Okay. That's enough out of you. He is very smooth. Like he always comes in with a line. But because Lakeith Stanfield is just so charming, like, it doesn't come off as cheesy whatsoever. I'm like, how do you do it, man? Just has, like, these, like, little, like, uh, relaxed, like, I just, yeah. I'm like, I'm a puddle <laughs> just, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael is like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be good at staying in places. And May is like, that sounds uh, very mobile of you, like. Are you in a relationship? <laughs> and Michael is like beginning a little tete-a-tete. Mm-hmm. And he asked her about her relationship status. And she says, well, um, I broke up with my last boyfriend after he proposed to me. Mm. We're getting a little hint of commitment issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out May lives in New York City. And she has been an assistant curator for the Queens Museum for two years. and then. Um, Michael finds a picture of Isaac and asks May if she knows who he is. And she's like, no, I don't know him. I did go to Louisiana once as a child. Not too much is uncovered here other than the fact that they both want to see each other again. And also, like, there are some mysteries going on with Mm -hmm. Christina. And they agree to keep in touch and continue talking about her mom's photographs. They're like, we got to keep figuring this mystery out. Yeah, because he's like looking at her the way that he does. And he's like, you know, maybe maybe we should talk more. I mean, you know, so you can tell me more about your mom. And I'm like, 
Okay. Okay, sure. <laughs> All right, Michael Block. Yeah, we're going to talk about my mom. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. So we then have a flashback as May reads over her mother's letter again. So we're going back to uh, 1984. We see that same shot from earlier when they're laying on a blanket. And we see that uh, Isaac and Christina are actually on a boat. So she gets up and suggests that they go to um, New Orleans and go dancing one weekend. And he's like, what are you talking about? We can dance right here. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll go with our friends and you can stay here with Ashley. Mm. You know, she's always hanging around, trying to get your attention. Very unreliable. Yeah. And Isaac's like, no, that's not true. And walks over to her and is like, okay, so when do you want to go? So Christina obviously is like quite adventurous. She has you know, dreams, she has passions, and mm-hmm. Isaac is definitely more of a of a homebody. He just wants to be with her. Yeah. So later he drops Christina off at home, and Christina's mother, Violet, is in the kitchen, and she, like, immediately tells her off for, like, slamming the door so late at night, and then is like, oh, why were you so dressed up? What were you doing? And she's like, oh, I just went down to the harbor with Isaac, and her mother kind of gives her a look. She's like, but I, but I told him, like, he needs to do better. And Violet says that Isaac is just like his father. He doesn't have anything and he never will. Yeah. And Christina says that they're just friends. But Violet asks if she's sick of telling that sad story. So she clearly does not approve of Isaac. And mm-hmm. when Christina asks what's sad about that, Violet kind of, like, cuts in and accuses her of talking back. And that's when Violet's boyfriend i assume i guess we don't really get any context yeah they are clearly like hanging out in some capacity so probably but yeah so he comes into the kitchen and is like oh what's what's going on why'd you leave me all alone and violet is like oh nothing i'm just talking to my daughter i'm trying to teach her something so violet kisses christina on the cheek and tells her good night so they have a, a bit of a strained relationship. Clearly, there's not a lot oh, of, like, yeah. closeness between the two of them. And this kind of starts to set up that, like, cycle of strained mother-daughter relationships we have with, like, Christina and yeah. her mom. And then that also happens with uh, Christina and May. Yeah, absolutely. So we go back to present day. May tells her father that it's so weird being in her mom's apartment. And she kind of keeps thinking about how She was always vying for her mom's attention, but she never got it. And she tells him she didn't even notice when she started smoking weed. And he's like, well, you know, I noticed, but I couldn't say anything because you were stealing it from your mom. LOL. (laughs) And May asks her dad, like, what if I'm just like her? And he tells her that she's not and asks if she read the letter. And May wonders why her mom couldn't tell her all of these things when she was alive. And her father tells her that maybe her mom just wanted her to see her as a person with all of her flaws. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I feel like everybody, when you get to a certain age, you really start to see your parents in a different way than you did growing up. And you kind of fully understand that they are like real people, that they had whole lives before you that you'll, you'll never know, that everything that happened before you informs like the way that you were raised Mm -hmm. and i mean i know i definitely had that point with my mom 
where I like learned some information about her childhood that kind of made a lot of things click into place. And I actually throughout this whole movie was feeling like a lot of seeing a lot of similarities between the kind of generational stuff between like mothers and daughters and how that gets passed down. Yeah. Um, It reminded me a lot of like my, my grandmother, my mom and me and like our relationship and how my mom like made a very not like without getting too much into all of like my family drama, but she made a very conscious effort to kind of like stop that cycle while she was raising me. Mm-hmm. One thing that she said to me a couple of years ago when we kind of like hashed out things that had gone down, she said that it was her main goal as a mom to make sure that me and my brother like never questioned whether or not she loved us because she did all the time when she was growing up Aww. from her mom. And that like that sucks. broke me. And I was like, everything makes so much sense now that I never understood yeah. before. So Yeah. I think that's another reason why I like really was so much more invested in this movie this time around watching it because it just like it really touched on a lot of things that I've experienced like with my mom and my grandma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's so much like you said that we don't know about our parents and also there's a lot of traumatic events that can happen when you're younger like just things that happen you're like wow that made me feel so bad or like whatever. And if you hold on to that until you're an adult and you like never really reconcile with it, like it's going to haunt you. So if you don't like forgive your parents at some point, you're just going to harbor that feeling of resentment. I guess I really agree with May's dad where he seems to be really conscious of the fact that she couldn't share everything about herself with her daughter while she was alive. But that didn't mean that she didn't love her. She just didn't know how to express everything she was feeling to May. Yeah, definitely. And like her cues for parenting came from how her mom Mm -hmm. raised her. And as we'll see later on, like her mother hid things uh, as well. Mm -hmm. So then Michael visits his brother Kyle and he talks about a job interview he had. It's with the Associated Press in London town. London, baby. <laughs> Sorry to our British listeners. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. And they're super surprised that he's interested in moving out of the city. And he tells them, you know, it's a lot living here. Sometimes it feels like a success just like getting to work. And I'm like, so true. So true. <laughs> so true, queen. <laughs> yeah. And he also says that his ex-girlfriend Tessa is saying he is incapable of change. I'm like, well, don't move to London because of your ex. Yeah. I feel like you have something to prove. Move to London because you want to do this new job. Um, But Kyle and Asia tell him it sounds like he wants to move just because of Tessa. So Kyle's like, are you really done with Tessa? I think he says something like you were dragging her along or like. He says he was wasting her time, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then Asia's like, all right, Kyle, like, that's enough. And then total tone shift. He's like, Michael, how's the story coming? (laughs) And then Michael's like, well, here's what happened with Isaac. And he says he reminds him of their father. And he introduced him to Mae Morton. And Kyle's like, what? You're already trying to meet new people? Like, 
you're already trying to date again. Yeah, because obviously he's interested in May. He's like, oh, yeah, I met this uh, woman. She's interesting. (laughs) And Michael tells him a little bit more about her. He asks him if he's attracted to her because her mom died. Yeah, because I think he he says like, oh, yeah, she's interesting. Her mom just died. There's a lot to unpack. And he's like, okay. So that's why you like her because she has a dead mom. Like, what's up? And then Kyle's like, why don't you just take some time to yourself? But Michael's like, I got to see her again. So (laughs) there's clearly like a lot going on with this man. Like, I was actually surprised at how the movie ended up going like spoiler alert they are together in the end because i was like Mm -hmm. is he just like a serial monogamist like he just really needs to like go 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 like i kind of felt like i wanted to know more about him or kind of just get a bigger inkling of like like how is this different like why is this one different and i feel like we didn't get that There was, like, a lot of intimacy, but we didn't really understand why, like, this woman was different from the other woman he dated before. Yes, he is very much, like, a romantique. He is looking for love, looking for a relationship, but there is always something that's holding him back from making that, like, full commitment. Mm -hmm. It's true we don't get, like, full explanation as to why that is exactly. Yeah. But story-wise... There's some parallels they're trying to draw. Yeah. Yeah. So we go back to work and Michael is listening to his recordings from his interview with Isaac talking about Christina, about how he always liked the way that she saw him through the camera and it was better than he really was. Mm. So we then see Isaac helping set up a dark room for Christina in a, like in a little shed outside her house. And he comes in while she's developing this photo that she took of him outside of his truck and they kiss. And he says that his ego is what held him back from making it work with Christina. He didn't know how to keep up with her. Michael asks what he would have done differently. And Isaac says he would have gone after her. I'm like, oh my God. Devastating. Aww. Devastating. So this is like Michael's sign that he needs to make a move with May. So he takes out his headphones and he's like, Andy. You want to go see a movie tonight? And on the screen, we see that there is a screening of Rose House tonight at the Queen's Museum. Mm. Who is he trying to bump into at the Queen's oh Museum? Oh, my God. <laughs> so they get to the museum. Immediately, Michael sees May. They kind of, like, walk towards each other like they're going to engage in conversation. But this, like, <laughs> I this think I wrote guy. this. I said <laughs> May walks over to Michael, but she's interjected by some crusty white guy who, like, it looks like a benefactor or something. Like, he's in a full suit, and he's like, oh, hey, excuse me. (laughs) And, um, yeah, then we go to the movie. The movie is in French, and May is sitting next to her colleague and friend, Rachel. They're, like, looking back. Like, Michael is staring at the back of May's head this whole movie. Just locked in. He's so handsome. <laughs> I would have folded immediately. Like, if I am watching a movie and I look over and Lakeith Stanfield is looking at me like that, are you fucking kidding me? I'd be done. I'd be unwell. <laughs> yeah. Stop the movie. Stop the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we can see he is unabashedly interested in her. Mm-hmm. Like, he has no sense of, hey, I should pull back. 
No, he's go. You None. gotta respect <laughs> it. He's shooting his shot absolutely, mm-hmm. and luckily she's interested as well, so it, it works out. But. Yeah, yeah. So after the movie, uh, everybody's walking out. May is walking with her friend Rachel, who is played by, oh my god, what's her name? She was in Hamilton. She was um, Peggy slash Mariah Reynolds. Jasmine Cephas Jones. Yes. As they walk out, they kind of like turn around and they see Michael still like completely locked in on her, looking at her in that way he does. So May is like, okay, Rachel, are you going to help me out here? And she kind of looks back at Andy because obviously May wants her to, you know, take him off her hands. Right. And she's like, I don't know. He looks kind of young, but like dewy in a way, refreshing. (laughs) So... So once the four of them meet up, Rachel is immediately like, okay, you, Andy, let's go get a drink. Come with me. (laughs) Basically, we have this conversation between May and Michael, and she's like, oh, I didn't know you were coming. And he's like, oh, well, you were supposed to invite me. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. (laughs) And I I picked my jaw up off the floor, and I kept watching the movie. I'm like, how do people – I mean – just the thought of having like game is so crazy to me because it's just so not natural at all for for myself. Yeah. But when people do, I'm like, how are you so quick? Like, how do you just you're ready to go? You have these lines to just throw out. Yeah. So true. I just want to talk to him in real life. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. What's has anyone like met this man? Like, what's he like? You know. Well, a few weeks ago, there was something that came out about him. I don't know if you saw this and like. Oh my god, no, what? Is so it bad? He, oh, Jesus. He just got engaged recently. And okay. right after his engagement was announced, this woman came forward and was like, he is the father of my child and he's been keeping a secret for like years and what? had like all these videos and stuff of him and her child and... What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to be like kept in the shadows anymore. We're not your secret family. Like we are your real family. Well, that's also crazy because I, I mean, I don't know how alleged it is if there's videos of him playing with the kid. Yeah. But if that's the case, you don't necessarily have to be together in a relationship. But yeah, yeah. If like, what's the point in hiding that, you know, because then it's just going to blow up in your face. This, like, came out in December. Okay, he responded. Let's see. Oh, damn. What did he say? He responded saying, thanks for respecting my not wanting to blast my child out to the internet. Very considerate of you. I'm like, I I get, you know, if you want to keep, like, privacy for your child if you're a famous person. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I guess we also don't know if his fiance already knew. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the. I do not know the answer mm-hmm. to these questions. But that's crazy. That's the. <laughs> that's the most recently Keith Stanfield news. I didn't expect that to be on the pod today. Mm-hmm. But anyways, back back to this movie. What's happening here? So she asks how his article is coming, and he says, "Oh, it's you know, it's moving slowly because you know, good t- good things take time to develop." She asks his thoughts on the movie, and he's like, oh, I was a little distracted. And she's like, oh, yeah? And he's like, yeah, because the whole time I was thinking about what you would say if I asked you to get a drink after. I'm like, oh, my freaking God. Like, Ah! So she's like, oh, is this your way of asking me 
to go out with you. And he's like, well, in my mind, it wasn't that forward and it was smoother. And I'm like, dude, that was smooth. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm already, I'm already there. Like, I'm in, the, like, I called the Uber, like, we're yeah. going. <laughs> so she's like, oh, I can't leave my friend behind. But they look over at the bar. Rachel and Andy have already left. They're long gone. So I keep wanting to say Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. It's really <laughs> hard for me to use their names. Um, over drinks, May and Michael discuss like a bunch of other musical artists. They talk about like how Drake feels like a friend from school. And May is like, you know, he's in tune with his feelings and like my feelings. And Michael pretends to fall asleep. Then Michael brings up Kendrick Lamar and she's like, he makes me feel guilty. Like, I don't know if everyone can be a change in the world. And like, he is so like socially conscious, like it's so, so socially um, consciously driven. <laughs> I think she's like, what if I don't want to be all right? And he's, he replies something like, like, are we all going to be all right? And like, they're just like quoting the song. It's really funny and cute. And Michael's like, I'm just trying to be honest with you and not repeat something I've said to another woman. And she's like, oh, are there a lot of other women? And he's like, no, but there are a lot of first dates. And May is like, uh, I am terrible at first dates. Like, I never know how to act. Should I be vulnerable? Should I be aloof? Should I be funny? And Michael's like, just be yourself. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> but... <laughs> May is like, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't know who she is. Um, maybe I'm just a collection of rap dresses and Kinde Wiley prints. And she asks Michael if he thinks people are just who they're around in the moment. And he says no, but it's important who we surround ourselves with. And then they look at each other. This man does not break eye contact for one second he is an <laughs> eye contact person absolutely oh my god i think god. that's a big part of the tension that builds between them mm -hmm. and so he's like can i or like i think he says it's is it too early in the date to kiss you mm -hmm. and they share just like what i found to be a very passionate kiss yeah and then they like you know let go and may is like um, and to answer your question, no, it's not. Oh my god. Yeah. I I really like the scene. Like, I think that they have really, really great banter and chemistry. For sure. And so much of it is in their eye contact. Like you said, like we see her like eyeing him up and down. We see him like not mm -hmm. he has this like laser focus on her. And I really I really, really enjoyed it. And they're also sitting in like this corner uh like oh yeah booth together so it's very intimate there's like a lot of other people in the restaurant but it really does feel like it's they're the only two people in there oh definitely we then get a little like post-date uh wrap up where may tells rachel that it felt like they had kissed before michael called her right after mm -hmm. and she's like oh what did he say and may says to tell me that he thought i was special and i'm like the guy just calls you like the next day and he's like, amazing night. You're so special. Like the thing is, you kind of realize as you get older, it's like, 
Yeah, not everyone's romantic. No. Like some people just aren't romantic. Like no, some people are never going to do that. And like if you need that to be like happy and satisfied, like I'm going to tell you right now, like you can't (laughs) expect every person to do that. You know what I mean? Like people show their affection in other ways, but like. Let's bring back romance, guys. What the hell? Let's, let's, 2023, <laughs> bring, bring back, back romance. romance. Ladies, a man can. But he won't. <laughs> a but man he can. can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think because after we watched Pride and Prejudice, I was just like really feeling like the romance kick. So I started rewatching Bridgerton. And I'm just like, why did we stop talking like this? Let's bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's not that hard <laughs> to just like inject Aren't those lips like a cherry <laughs> on a tree. <laughs> I'm like just just to bring back those those romantic notions. I don't know. It's not that hard. One thing that my boyfriend said to me recently that I thought was like very sweet and romantic. I was um I was talking about a meal that I had just made and like describing Ooh. like what worked and like the different flavors and stuff. And he said to me, "You talk about food like it's art and it's one of my favorite things about you and i was like floored <laughs> you were like um hold the presses hold the presses or have you seen that spongebob episode where they're like burn everything destroy everything yeah. that was me <laughs> when i got that text i was like mom get the dress the wedding's happening <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking word <laughs> So yes, I'd like to reserve the venue uh, for next month. Um, June wedding, twenty twenty four. You're all invited. <laughs> oh my god! But that's all I'm saying. Like just a little bit of everyday romance. Let's let's just inject it into our yeah, speech once again. Totally, absolutely. And um, another important thing I just want to say is that Rachel. May's friend has a great taste in bagels. I can see that she bought the bagels from Russ and Daughters and she mm. had a, a package of locks. <laughs> and let me tell you, probably my favorite bagel in the city. So yeah. there you go. Love that for her. And she brought it all the way to Queens, too. That's crazy. Yeah. That's far. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're having this little this little convo. We then go over to Kyle and Michael, and Kyle is like, "Michael, you always do this. You act like you're all in, and then it only lasts twelve weeks." And I'm like, "That's a horrible pattern. You are breaking so many hearts. You need to stop doing that." So Michael brings up Tessa because they were together for longer than twelve weeks, and Kyle says that that only lasted because he didn't have to see her every day. Mm. May then mentions to Rachel about how she like dipped after the movie and rachel's like oh yeah no andy and i were just pawns after that i ditched him but she has this look clearly she did not just ditch him Mm -mm. so we do another flashback where christina comes into her house and she tells her mom that she's going to new orleans and she's like who with and she's like um denise peter isaac Mm. and her mom is like what do you plan to do with your life? Because you can't just walk around town taking pictures. It's just like a big fucking confidence hit. Like, yeah, really hard for her to hear this, um, especially because it seems like right now, like things are going relatively well in her life. Mm-hmm. So her mom is like, I think you're getting too old to live with me. I need you to start looking for your own place. 
So she basically gets like kicked out essentially. Yeah. Cause I think her mom is, is like, Oh, Isaac can't take care of you. Do you expect me to take care of you? Right. You need right. to. But I don't, I don't think that's even really why she's kicking her out. No. I think she, well, we find out later it's like a whole other thing, but the communication and the lack of empathy is palpable. And just the way Christina gets around her mom too, she like tenses up. She's very quiet. Yeah. It's night and day to what she's like when she's with Isaac. Mm -hmm. So after that tense conversation, Christina's friend Denise is like yelling from the car. She's like, get in, girl. And Christina joins Isaac in the back seat and they go to New Orleans. And we can still see on her face she's like clearly shaken from the conversation she had with her mom. So we then cut over to New Orleans and we see that Christina, Isaac, and their friends Denise and Peter go to this really cool jazz club. She's also wearing this gorgeous like green satin or maybe it's silk dress. It looks incredible mm. on her. And we see them just kind of like dancing around. I think that Christina and Isaac are dancing to like Shaka Khan or something. I can't remember. But he asks her to marry him. And she's like, come on. We've had this conversation before. I'm not ready. And I'm like, you've had this conversation before? Right? <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, if you're not going to marry me, then I have some other demands. And he goes to like, kiss her neck and later that night they get back to their room and they like get undressed and he i think he's like sitting in a chair while she's like taking she's off her in dress bed. in front of him yeah. and he is like so in awe of her and we actually see like a little parallel to this scene later on mm -hmm. in the morning she like wakes up in his arms and smiles like she is feeling at peace once again yeah um, we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but like the actor who plays young Isaac is in Insecure and yeah, he, he's such a good actor, but he's also so like sexy, like yeah. in Insecure. <laughs> he plays, I think he's like a musician. Mm. He's always kind of like this sexy, like cool foil to her and Lawrence and like Lawrence is more like he's really hot, but he's more like he's techie and he like works for a startup and stuff. Mm. So I just liked seeing him in this movie. I was like, you're amazing. And their chemistry is also so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely have more because like their dynamic is very different to Michael and Mays. And I think that's why yeah. people tend to gravitate towards this storyline a bit more. Also, there's more history between the two of them. So we're already starting at, at a different sure. place than we are with may and michael but their chemistry i think is um it's a little bit more explosive i guess like sexually than mm -hmm. may and michael's is so i think that's why people tend to like gravitate towards that too because it's more of like fiery passion whereas we're just seeing like the the beginnings of burning embers with right. may and michael yeah for sure the next thing we see is may standing in her apartment with her mom's letter then we shoot over to Michael, who gets a text from May asking what he's doing. And he he's like, I'm Audi 3000. I'm about to, what am I doing? I'm on my way to you. <laughs> and then Andy is like, 
why do you look like you just pulled out a W in overtime? And he's like, I'm going downtown. So he warns him about Hurricane Mary, but Michael's like, oh, no, we're not going to be in that area. Like, it's totally fine. And I'm like, I feel like a hurricane is enough to keep me inside. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't get a ton of hurricanes in New York. Mm -hmm. So I would be like, damn, that's crazy. Like, gotta go home. Right. Maybe tonight's not the night (laughs) for me to get some. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we can can hang out at another time when there's not a torrential downpour. Right, right. Yeah. Wind gusts at 40 miles per hour. (laughs) Yeah. So Andy tells him that Rachel asked him to come over. And Michael says hurricanes make people make rash decisions. And Andy's like, I hope so. And Michael's like, damn, you're thirsty. Someone <laughs> someone get this man some water. Someone get this man some water. And Andy's just like, I- I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. <laughs> so we go over to Christina's apartment. Also, this is the second movie in a row that we've done with somebody with my name. And it's very jarring. Who's named Christina in the other one? Um, The like shop assistant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Heather yeah. Burns character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're at Christina's apartment and Michael says, you know, we should probably make a move before the trains stop running and we get stuck since they're in an evacuation zone and we can't infect Literally see. in an evacuation zone. The storm is a brewing outside. Yeah. And she's like, okay, then why did you come? And he's like, because you're in the evacuation zone. I'm like, the man can't stop the game at any point. It just... <laughs> It keeps flowing. It's flowing constantly like a river. Mm -hmm. So she starts like grabbing some stuff. Michael helps her and he picks up an Al Green record on the way out. He's like very important. Mm -hmm. This is a a tool that will come in handy momentarily. Yeah. So they go to May's apartment. It's super nice. Like it just feels so warm and like cozy and there's like Mm -hmm. rich browns and oranges and yellows. Like it's just – I really love the way that they decorated it. So as May is making Michael a drink, he notices her record player. So he puts the Al Green album on. Very smooth. So later on, as they're sitting on the couch, they're having their drinks – May asks Michael if he's ever cheated, and he says no, but he did date a woman who wasn't single once. So, like, not as bad as cheating, but still dishonest. And also, she was, like, an older woman. She was, like, 42 when he was 23. Oh, wow. And says that she could cook, and she just wanted to have sex all the time, like, no matter what, no matter where, in public, like, just couldn't get enough of his youth is how he puts it. Mm-hmm. But like as he's telling the story, there's a lot of tension between him and May, obviously. So as this new song comes on, May gets up to like dance around the living room and he's just like watching her. She asks him to join and he says, no, come back over here. And then this is where I start screaming. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think in my notes – I wrote, yeah. I said, stop it right now, Lakeith. I'm too fragile for this. So My little heart can't take it. <laughs> she's like standing in between his knees, I'm pretty sure. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, this this is the parallel to that that scene with Christina and Isaac yeah. where like she, he's watching her. And she's standing between his legs and looking down. And he's like, why is your head down? You look like you're praying. 
and she says, I, I might need to. And he asks. Oh, my God. And he's like, well, what, what, what would you pray for? And she says, willpower. And I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and he's like, well, you can always blame it on the storm. And then we have this like very like steamy, intimate montage of them having sex. Like it's yeah. very intimate. It's not like, oh, these people oh, just yeah. met and like now they're fucking. Like it's we can really see the potential of this relationship, how it's going to be something mm-hmm. very deep because they're so connected. Yeah, absolutely. We hear an alarm go off in May's building, like as the storm is continuing to be a fucking hurricane. I guess the building is getting evacuated, which is like pretty insane. Like I've I've never had this happen to me. No. While living in New York. So they, you know, put on their jackets, pack stuff up or whatever. And they go to the street, almost get hit by a cab, mm-hmm. which they proceed to then like take to Kyle's house. I know where we can go. My big brother's brownstone. And I'm yeah. like, I wish that was my life. <laughs> Kyle and Asia are – they have it fucking made. They are clearly very oh, successful yeah. at whatever they do because that right, brownstone right. – That's a expensive-ass house. Mm-hmm. Like I when we when we go to their house the first time, I thought that they lived in like Connecticut or something because I was like, right, this is right. a house. I thought they lived this out of town. possibly be in the city. Right. But it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. They're so – they have like two adorable daughters. They mm-hmm. are still like they still have chemistry with each other. They're always like flirting and joking. Like y'all are so cute. Yeah. So they arrive at Kyle and Asia's house, and May sits with the kids while Michael goes to the kitchen with Kyle. And Kyle's like, "You were supposed to be here earlier. What happened?" And Michael's like, "Um, I got stuck at May's place." There's like a lot of teasing going on and they can see on Michael's face that he's clearly like smitten. Yeah. And in the other room, Sandrina's like, I thought your name was Tessa. And says that that's Uncle Michael's ex who lives in New Orleans. So the kids are letting a lot spill right now. Yeah. Sophia, the younger daughter, is like, oh, I thought they were going to get married. And she's like oh why did you think that and she's like well uncle michael said like that they were gonna get married and then may is like um when's the last time like you saw her that's when asia comes in and she like sends the girls to their room to read but sandrine the older daughter does like correct her younger sister and she's like no they broke up like Mm -hmm. remember but the adults stay they hang out and Later on, Asia tells a story about how Michael had so much stage fright at their wedding that he didn't give the speech. Oh, my God. He's just like a shy gal. Oh, my. I would be so mad. I would be so (laughs) mad if that happened at my wedding. But she also is like, yeah, he wore a top hat because he thought it looked cool. (laughs) Like Abraham Lincoln ass over here. Oh, my God. Kyle's like, yeah, he's very smart, but he does dumb stuff. And they get into a conversation about what keeps Asia and Kyle happy together. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to know. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, we talk about other people. We do a lot of people watching. Like, he makes me laugh. And, oh, my God, we'd be divorced if streaming didn't exist. 
the storm keeps raging on and Asia's like, what did you guys do when the power went out? <laughs> awkward pause. Really like, awkward. We did not notice. <laughs> the lights were off already. <laughs> the power went out? And they're like, okay, LOL. And she like swiftly moves on and Kyle's like, hey, you know, no worries. Like people do it all the time. And that's when their daughters come down and they're like, mommy, daddy, can we sleep in your bed? And he's just like, what are you doing listening in on grown folks conversations? Like, go, go to bed. We'll tuck you in. Yeah. So later that night, May can't sleep and she ends up getting out of bed to look out the window before she takes out her mother's letter and starts reading it again. So we flash back to Louisiana and Christina is sitting in her kitchen when Isaac shows up and he ends up picking her camera up off the counter and she's like, what are you doing? Don't touch that. And he says, she's always taking pictures of him. So he wants one of her. So he takes that photo that we see throughout the whole movie of her sitting at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. She's like, not really amused or endeared by this. And she asks if he wants more than this. And he says, no, I want you. What more do you want? And she says she wants people to know who she is, to admire her photographs. And her biggest accomplishment each day can't be just to cook him dinner. So Isaac says that he's never understood how to make her happy. So she gets up and suggests, well, like, let's move to New York then. Like, let's just go. Isaac says he can't see himself there, but Christina says that she can't stay here anymore. So he asks where that leaves them. And so, like, it's just a really sad scene because these two people, like, clearly have so much love for each other, but just totally different things that they want out of life. Mm -hmm. It's always sad when it's something like that that keeps people apart, whether it's you know, wanting to live in different places or just having different visions for how you want your life to be. So later we see Christina in her dark room developing that photo that he took of her. And then she gets on the bus and goes to New York by herself. It's pretty interesting the parallel between her robust career and like inability to have the other parts of her life satisfied, whether it's like Mm -hmm. maintaining a solid relationship with her daughter or with this man that she loved. I would say that she made all of her sacrifices really for her career Mm -hmm. and she was really successful in it. But then it is interesting now that she's passed on the thing that remains that people are like talking about regarding her are those relationships And it's, Mm -hmm. at least in this movie, it's not like her work because the people that were closest to her, that's what they remember, like how Mm -hmm. she was towards them and their personal relationships. We go back to present day and Michael wakes up to see May sitting in the chair reading the letter and it stopped raining and he's like, hey, do you want to like take a walk outside with me? So they walk through the empty street together and May asks Michael who Tessa is. And he's like, um, it's someone I used to date like a few months ago. Just kidding. A few weeks ago. That's pretty close to now. Yeah. So he's like, you know, we broke up before I met you. And May is like, well, why don't you say something? And Michael says, because we're not together anymore. Like you and I are are here right now. 
Yeah. And he asked about who she was involved with. And she's like, nobody really, nobody anymore. And then Michael tells May that he applied for a job in London. And it might not mean anything like, you know, we just met, but I just, I feel like I need to tell you, like, I feel like it matters. His brother kind of got him scared to say anything of consequence to her, but he does want to continue getting to know her. And she's like, yeah, I want to keep getting to know you too. That's always like a tough spot when you are in that beginning stage and all of the potential is like right in front of you. Yeah. All of the the what ifs are right in front of you. That will make you invest in that relationship even more knowing that you can't have it because there's all these possibilities that your brain is like reaching to that you might not get to have with this person. Mm-hmm. So we then have a flashback to Christina, and at this point she is now in New York, and we see her interviewing for a photographer's assistant job. She's been there for three months, and while the photographer is looking through her work, he's like, well, why would I hire some girl who just got off the bus? And Christina says, because I'm talented. And he goes, did I say that? (laughs) And she's like, um, no. (laughs) Brutal. Yeah. She... Then kind of pauses and says, you should hire me because I'll work harder than any of the Silver Spoon Upper East Side debutantes waiting outside whose dads got them this interview and will quit as soon as they get married. So we then see her walking past like all the other women lined up to get the job and she's like, pack it in, ladies, because she got Mm -hmm. hired. Yeah. And it so is the Upper East Side Mm -hmm. with their like colorful, like little two piece suits and like, yeah, the whole persona. Classic 80s. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Christina goes back to her again, huge apartment. Oh, yeah. And she calls Denise for the first time since she's moved. So she just like up and left three months ago, didn't say a word to anybody. And Denise is like, why didn't you call? And she's like, oh, well, I only just got like phone service. She's like, oh, I'm sure like Isaac Isaac is upset. Like I get it. I probably should have talked to him, but he just needs some time. Like who knows? Maybe he'll even move here with me. How's he doing? And Denise is like, no, Christina, it's your mother. Her mother died. That's so hard. So Christina goes back to uh, Point Lahatch for her mom's funeral And says to Denise, she thinks her mother asked her to leave because she knew she was sick and she didn't want her to see her like that. Christina also tells her that she thought Isaac would be here, but maybe he's angrier than she thought. But she's going to go see him after the funeral. And that's when Denise is like, actually, I have to tell you something. Isaac married Ashley Prentice. And Christina, like, can't believe it. It's only been three months. Yeah. Yeah. And Denise says after the second month, he wasn't sure if she would come back. So, yeah. I can't relate to that because I just feel like now uh, people do not get married in that right. short of a time frame. Uh, it's definitely heart-wrenching for mm-hmm. her to come back and be like, she had to leave. Like, he wasn't going to leave with her. Yeah. Was she's supposed to sacrifice, like, everything. I mean, it is what it is, but it is still disheartening to just hear how quickly someone moved on who you love so much. Yeah, it, it is It is really tragic. And, like, obviously, we can tell that he 
has not moved on. Like he loves her and will always love her, but he has lost any sense of hope that they'll be together. And that's why he married Ashley, which I'm like, that sucks mm-hmm. for Ashley too. But yeah, this is also where we can see kind of like that, that generational um, trauma, I guess the theme of generational trauma, because mm-hmm. Violet hid the fact that she was sick and kept her daughter at arm's length because of it. Which is crazy because, like, after you experience that, wouldn't you not want to do that to your own daughter? I feel like sometimes it goes, like, one way or the other where either you are, like, dead set on making sure that doesn't happen or you just repeat the cycle and you do the same thing. Yeah, I guess. And I guess because she, after this point, kind of has to keep her eye on her career because it's the only thing she has left – I guess maybe she sees it that her mother doing that is what served her her move and her career that ends up, you know, burgeoning. So maybe in some kind of like twisted way, she's thankful because it gave her a bit of a push mm-hmm. and maybe wanted to do the same for May. But I, I don't know. That's just, yeah. you know, speculation. So we then see Denise drive Christina down to the harbor where they see Isaac and Ashley getting on that same boat together that him and Christina always used to hang out on. It's really devastating. Like you can see the realization set in that it actually is over. Like any sense of, of that hope is now lost for her too. Yeah. So then we go to New York in 1988. Christina is taking photos in her studio and she has me by this point. May is like, off to the side doing some playing or what have you. Mm -hmm. Christina decides to take May to Louisiana and they go to the old house, Violet's house. And Christina sets up the camera to take a photo of her and May in the kitchen. And as they go outside, Isaac actually drives up to the house and she tells him that she sold her mom's house and says it only took her four years to come back. And he's like, how's New York? And Christina tells him that she really likes it. And then he asks about May, who introduces herself. And he's like, wow, you look just exactly like your mother. Very beautiful. And that's when Christina congratulates Isaac on getting married. He's like, hey, why don't you come over for dinner? Ashley would be happy to cook. And it's just really tense. Like, it's super fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Christina is clearly, like, she wants to get in and get out. She didn't want to talk to him. And he clearly still has feelings for her. But he's married. So there's nothing really to be done by either of them. So she's like, no, thank you. Like, I'm okay. We have to catch a bus. So Isaac is like, well, let me at least drive you to the station since I didn't get to take you last time. And... Christina does agree to that. So they drive to the bus station in silence. And then at the bus station, Isaac is about to get out when Christina asks him not to and leans over and kisses him on the cheek. And then she just gathers up their things and waits in the bus station with May. Yeah, I mean, this scene, everything is unsaid between the two of them. Mm -hmm. The closest that they get to even like addressing what happened between them is when he says, let me drive you to the bus station. I didn't get to take you last time. Right. And it's just really – it's really sad to see these people who still have clearly so many feelings for each other 
just not be able to even talk about it or or go there at all. And there is that really devastating scene when they are in the bus station and Christina just like starts to cry. Mm-hmm. And then May leans over and like hold her holds her mom's hand, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah, I loved that parallel. I mean, basically, the first flashback is from Isaac's perspective. Yeah. Or, yeah, from Isaac's perspective more so, or even like May's perspective it could be. But the second flashback is from Christina's perspective. Yeah. And it's probably like the most vulnerable moment we have of her in the entire movie. Yeah. After May has read this portion of the letter, she looks at the second letter that her mom has left her, the one that she's supposed to give to her father. Mm -hmm. So she ends up going to Louisiana and she knocks on Isaac's door. He ends up coming around the side of the house and she introduces herself. He is stunned to know that this is, you know, Christina's daughter all grown up and heartbreaking. He's like, is, is Christina here? Oh, and she has to tell him that she passed away. Mm -hmm. Isaac is devastated. And it's like, it's so sad because you see that little glimmer of hope in his eyes once again, because like, Oh yeah. His wife has passed away. He never like forgot about her, Mm -mm. you know? I so hope that doesn't happen to me, knock on wood. Yeah, right. Like, imagine it's just like you have this whole life and this whole entire path, but you're like the one that got away, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why like Love, Rosie, for example, is so devastating as well. It's devastating. And in the book, it's even longer. Like, they're in their 60s by the end of the book. Like, both of their partners, I think, have like passed away or something. Like, they're old in the book. And I'm like, that's – crazy but yeah isaac is devastated to hear that she she passed and asks when and may says it was about a month ago and then pulls out an envelope that christina left for him Mm -hmm. so may tells him that she was received a letter too and may says that the letter said that she was his daughter as this sinks in isaac like looks away He's teary-eyed, and he tells May that he was always too afraid to ask Christina if she was his when she brought her to Louisiana, like, all those years ago. And May is like, why didn't you ask? And Isaac says that he was married. You know, Christina had a life in New York, and part of him had to believe that if she was his daughter, Christina would have told him. And May says she thought it would be easier for him not knowing. And he says it would have been easier if he had just asked. So he really admits his fault here, Mm -hmm. which I thought was, I like did not want him to be, I don't know, like have some sort of negative reaction because I feel like it just wouldn't have added anything to the script. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we find out that, yeah, that is actually her dad, which I mean, it's kind of like obvious throughout, I, I would say. Yeah. I wasn't like very surprised, but I think his reaction is just super genuine. It's very sweet and uh, kind of attests to this sensitive guy that, like, Christina was really drawn to. Mm -hmm. He asked her to stay for some boiled crab, and May agrees. Back in New York, we see Michael go talk to his boss, Chelsea Peretti, Mm -hmm. and tell her that he got the job in London. Yeah. And she 
congratulates him and is like, well, for our sake, I hope it doesn't work out. <laughs> and they kind of talk about when he's going to leave. And she's like, well, you still owe me that that story about Louisiana before you go. And she's like, are you sure we can't find you anything else here? And he says, no, no, I got to go. But I think you should promote Andy. And she's like, mm, maybe, unlikely. I don't know about that. And I'm like, Andy's doing his best. He's, you know, he's working Andy's his way. Andy's like, I'm a 30-year-old <laughs> intern. Please well, hire me. Well, he's, he's 24, I think he says. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's on the younger side. But So in the office, Michael is listening to the interview with Isaac. And Isaac says that maybe he moved on from Christina because he was scared of failing her and that she would grow to resent him. And that is just so hard like how do you know when to let someone go because they need to move on to greener postures or like right when do you decide no i'm gonna like prevent you from doing that or i'm gonna take the the big risk and Mm -hmm. like uproot my entire life i mean like looking back at the the character that they set up for isaac where he he clearly is like a man of integrity oh yeah um who like cares deeply about others where he's like yeah i got fired because i wasn't gonna pollute like the waters like he he's somebody who takes action for like what he believes in and clearly like he knew how much it would hurt christina for him to move on so Mm -hmm. like quote unquote move on so quickly but he did it for her he obviously wanted her to achieve her dreams and not hold her back from it definitely which is it's it's just so tragic they just deserved more time together Mm mm-hmm So Michael gets into his car, and that's when he gets a call from May. Yeah, he ends up declining the call. And I thought it was – I really liked the the convention that we see throughout this movie where we can see Michael and May both be really impacted by Christina and Isaac's story, whether it's through Christina's letter or through, like, Michael listening to what Isaac said in the interview, that, that their words will push them to either, like, reach out or to not reach out. Yeah, a really nice parallel of learning maybe not learning from mistakes i feel like it's putting it too bluntly but but like being informed by by their story yeah exactly michael goes to meet up with kyle at a bar and kyle asks if he really wants to move to london like there's a five-hour time difference i can't rearrange my whole schedule for you and michael is like is this you saying that you're actually gonna miss me and he's like no no like maybe (laughs) maybe a little bit so Kyle tells Michael that he needs to talk to May. And Michael is like, yeah, she called me, but I didn't call her back. So Kyle urges him to, like, not just ghost this woman. He clearly has feelings for her. Like, right. you need to talk to her. Michael reminds Kyle that he's the one who said not to get involved. And Kyle is like, no, right. I said not to get involved too quickly. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, take your time with it. Obviously, you know, feel your feelings, invest in a relationship, but just go at a slower pace. You got to text her at least. And Michael's like, yeah, I will. And Kyle kind of asks about, you know, if he if he's all done with work now. And Michael says, no, I have to go back to Louisiana for a few days, finish up this story, and then I'm packing and heading off. Michael decides to finish this story, of course, and he he ends up going back to Louisiana and he goes to Isaac's house and asks for another interview. But when he arrives, May steps out of the house. 
Oh my god. Michael is floored. Yeah. He was like, I'm gonna literally <laughs> try to ignore this girl and pretend like this isn't happening. Oops, we're in person in another state. There's no escaping. Yeah. They go inside and Michael tells May he really did not expect to see her there. And she's like, well, I tried calling you. You didn't answer. I I don't know what to tell you. And Michael says that getting to know each other was good. But he's like speaking in past tense. And she's like, yeah, I liked getting to know you. They can't even talk about if this is the end of what they have together. They're so like avoiding any conversation of any Mm. like definitive plans. Yeah. So he asks her if she's moving here and May is like, LOL, no. And she tells him that she's going to point point Alahach later Mm -hmm. to visit Christina's house. And she asks him if he wants to come with her. Yeah. There's also this kind of like exchange where um, like when he asks, like, oh, do you plan on chain- like trading in New York for the bayou? I like this more casual version of you. And she's like, well, am I uptight in New York? He's like, no, no, you just seem more relaxed. And like she does seem a lot more relaxed. She's actually wearing this like very sunny, bright, like yellow mm-hmm. dress. Um, it's like really simple but mm-hmm. beautiful on her. Yeah, she looks amazing. So as they're driving – to Christina's old house. They, you know, there's some banter about whether they should play Drake or Kendrick. And she's like, I am not playing Kendrick in this car. She then very casually is like, oh, hey, um, didn't you say your ex lives in New Orleans? And he's like, no, I never, I never mentioned that. And she's like, oh, right, right. It was your nieces. Oh my goodness. So he's like, oh, it was them. What You're going to have to tell me everything that they said about me then. And she's like, no, no, no. I don't want to violate the sister code. I was just wondering if you happen to see her while you're here. But he says no. Mm-hmm. So they go to Christina's house. Uh, they knock on the door, but nobody's home. So Michael is like, oh, didn't you say she had a back room, like a, a dark room out back? And they head out to check it out. It is still standing. Yeah. They go inside and they look around. Um, I think it's mostly filled with like tools and some patio Mm, furniture. Like a shed. Yeah. And as they're looking around, they end up standing like in the middle of the shed and Michael pulls May in and kisses her. It's like this very soft, like intimate kiss. Mm -hmm. Absolute parallel to Mm -hmm. Isaac and her mom being in the dark room and like yeah. having yeah sharing their kiss. So Michael and May decide to go out in New Orleans and they or actually they might be in Point Alahaj. I'm I'm really not sure. No, I think they are. They are in New Orleans because they go to that same jazz bar that Isaac and oh my God. Christina went to. I wasn't sure if it was the same one. I'm pretty sure it is because we have a the, another parallel shot of like. May and Michael going up those same stairs that mm. um, Isaac and Christina nice. did. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So they walk in hand in hand at this jazz bar, and Michael orders champagne for the two of them. He is super touchy. Like they just look so comfortable together. Mm. Like they look so happy, and they start kind of dancing. She whispers in his ear, and he nods and. They decide to go to the back patio to listen to the live music. And May is like, 
we should move here or like at least come back to visit. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> we should move here? Are you kidding me? I think she realized very quickly like, oh, that was Bimo. She's like, we should move here. Yeah. Or I mean, like at least come back to visit. LOL. For sure. <laughs> LOL. It's so funny. I'm a jokester. It's, it's like the thing where you go to a new country and you're there for like five seconds and you're like, I should move here. <laughs> <laughs> I need to quit my job and move here. Yeah. Yeah. And then May is like, when are you going back to New York? You know, I have a show next Tuesday. And that's when Michael mentions he has something to tell her. He is moving to London. He got the job. May is like, what? Like, She's really surprised, so they go outside into a wider area to talk, and he says he just found out, and she's like, why didn't you like say something earlier today? And he's like, well, I didn't want to mess up the good time we were having. And she's like, well, what do we do now? And he's like, well, I, I, I don't know. Like, We can go back and forth between New York and London. We can figure it out. But May is like, that's not practical. Long-distance relationships never last. And He's like, oh, I'm not trying to be practical. Like, I'm trying to be with you. And she's like, I, it, yeah, it just isn't going to work out. And he's like, I need you to be optimistic. And she says she doesn't want to get together just to break up. I'm just being honest. And then she's like, oh, I forgot you have trouble being honest. So it's really fucking tense. Yeah. And Michael is like, what's that supposed to mean? And she's like, aren't you always like searching for something honest to say to a woman? And Michael's like, that's what I'm doing right now. Like, I want to try to be together. And May is like, maybe we should just enjoy being here right now. And the song ends. Yeah, it's it's interesting because one would think just looking like at the the storylines of the two couples that I guess technically – because Michael is the one who's leaving, like he's supposed to be the Christina character and May is supposed to be the Isaac character, but it's very much the other way around. Like, yeah, he's the one who wants to be with her. She's the one who is closed off, not because she's like, I want to go somewhere else and have different dreams. But I think because her relationship with her mother was so closed off, I think it's really hard for her to let people in. And mm -hmm. she never really had any sort of positive modeling for what an intimate relationship like that could look like because I'm, sh I'm sure that like Christina and Billy had a fine marriage and relationship, but it was nothing like what she had with Isaac. Like they didn't have that, oh, no. that same, uh, that same love spark. and intimacy. Yeah. So that's where we're seeing all of the stuff that may brings to the table and how that impacts the way that she approaches relationships. Whereas Michael is really trying to put himself out there. Yeah. Take a risk. Also, like, obviously, the big difference with Christina and Isaac was that Christina's like, I need to leave here to do what I want to do. There's no way for mm -hmm. me to be a photographer here. And Isaac was too afraid or too stubborn to be like, yeah, like, let's go together. Mm -hmm. And in this case, Michael isn't even asking her to move with him, but she, he's like, I'm asking for us to try this yeah and she clearly wants to but can't even like bring herself to say like to say even like i wish you'd stay mm -hmm. you know even if he would say no like or to say i really like you and i do want to be with you i'm scared like to, mm -hmm. there's just no way for her to be vulnerable in that sense and 
I feel like even she would move to London. Like she could be a curator in London. Yeah. But she's just super, yeah, closed off. I think Michael is very much the reason that he is kind of stepping up and being like, you know what, I do want to make this work is because he hears the regret that Isaac has that he didn't. Oh, yeah. He didn't try. He didn't go after her. He didn't do anything. And he doesn't want to end up like that because as we see, it's it's devastating. Mm-hmm. So he's doing that. And then May is informed by the fact that her mom couldn't like try and make that work either. But rather than going against it, she's going with it in the same way that her mom, instead of going against what her mom did to her, went with it. So we just see like right. that cycle repeating over and over and over again. So there's lots of really like interesting parallels between the mm-hmm. two couples, um, which I really, I really enjoy how the the storylines not only are parallels, but are informing each other. Yeah. So back at Isaac's house the next day, Isaac asks May if Michael is still in town, but she says, no, he left last night. I just wanted to stay a little longer. And Isaac says, that doesn't seem like the whole story, like mother, like daughter. She says that she's probably more like her mother than she'd like to be. And Isaac says, that's a good thing. Christina was always unwavering in what she wanted. May asks how he could say that after everything that happened between them. And Isaac says that he doesn't blame her for leaving. And I think that May does blame Michael for wanting to leave. And rather than just saying that she's upset that he wants to do that, instead she's like, well, I'm just throwing in the towel then. Yeah. That's also just like this scene is like we just talked about influencing Mm -hmm. her in real time. So it's not even just the history that Isaac and her mom shared, but yeah, he's also like, well, you know, your mom is actually like a really great person in a lot of ways, which she hasn't been able to really Mm -hmm. appreciate because of the traumatic experiences she had. Yeah. So May asks what the letter said that he got from Christina and Isaac says that she apologized and said that she kept the secret of May being his daughter for so long that she didn't know how to tell him. And she also in the letter asked him to take care of May. And May has this line, which I, I really, really loved, where she says, I keep rereading mine. She wrote over and over again, my May. I keep reading those two words like they're evidence that she loved me. Which is just like so, it's so heartbreaking that she never got to feel that while her mother was still alive. She never was sure that her mom loved her when clearly Christina did and she sacrificed a lot for her daughter in the best way, in like the way that she knew how to, in the only way that she could, which might not have been the most healthy. But again, now May is getting this like much fuller picture of who her mother was. And that's like a really... It's a really earth-shattering and jar- and like jarring thing to realize that this person that you had pegged in this one specific box like your whole life, there was so much more that you never knew. And now it's like too late mm-hmm. to even talk to them about it. Absolutely. So Isaac says that Christina did love her very much. So we go into the bedroom that May is staying in. She packs up her things and she looks at the letter again. We go to the flashback where Isaac um, drove Christina and May to the bus station when she sold her mom's house. And we see 
the real perspective of what Christina was feeling where, you know, she gets out of the car, gets her suitcase, and as she is even just walking into the bus station, she begins sobbing. And she is just sitting there crying with May. Um, And she has this incredibly beautiful letter. And she says, my May, I didn't know how to love you except by showing you the arc of a woman, by being a good provider. I put my love into my work, my photographs. Pictures took space in my heart instead of people. It was the only way I could love. I was stumbling through my own life, trying not to break apart. I wish I had put as much courage into being your mother as I was able to put in my work. And I, this is by far like, uh, mm. I feel teary. I just, I like, know, I'm literally it like, so <sighs> it's just so hard. Like, I mean, I haven't been a, a parent yet, mm-hmm. but like, it is hard to fucking be yourself, like, have mm-hmm. your personality and be there for that other person and then decide when to be harsh and when to be kind and when to like, basically have all of these different choices to make you're making like hundreds of choices a day like how do you always make the right choice it's impossible yeah like parents are just trying so hard Mm -hmm. especially like in adolescence you know yeah it's like how do you how do you become this caregiver but not lose yourself at the same time like that balance seems impossible i don't know i don't know how mothers do it i truly don't because it's yeah it's a hard job so we go back to New York and May talks to her dad and he tells her that he had asked Christina to tell May about Isaac back in the day, but Christina made him promise never to tell her because she said that it would confuse May and just make Isaac's life harder. So May is surprised that like her dad knew like her whole life that Isaac yeah. was her father. And he says that when he met Christina, she was three months pregnant. So the implication is that she got pregnant in New Orleans, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. She turned him down at first because she thought that he just like felt sorry for her. And she told him that, you know, she didn't feel the need to be like an honest woman by getting married so she didn't have a baby out of wedlock. But he knew that she was just turning him down because she was still hung up on Isaac. Yeah. May asks why Christina wanted to tell her about Isaac now. And her dad suggests that it was her way of explaining why she was the way she was and why she was never very good at being her mom. Mm -hmm. He then brings up this story about how like, oh, you remember when you were moving off to Chicago for college and your mom didn't come drop you off at the airport And May is like, yeah, I remember she said she had like some meeting with somebody else as if her own daughter going off to college wasn't more important. And he's like, no, that wasn't true. She didn't have a meeting. When I got home, she was just sitting there crying. She didn't come because she wasn't good at goodbyes. So then we cut to the office where Sarah, Michael's boss, is making a toast um, to Michael leaving for his new job and everyone wishes him luck. Meanwhile, May is analyzing some photos for the retrospective at the museum and Rachel brings her some more negatives. So Rachel tells her that she's also heading out for dinner tonight with Andy and she says like she is equally as surprised as May at the fact that they're dating 
and being unhappy and jaded is comfortable, but she really likes him and maybe she's a different person with him. And May asks if she's choosing to be a different person. And Rachel's just like, I am just choosing to be with him, which is putting it so simply for something that I feel like May has been agonizing over. Mm -hmm. So then Rachel asks about Michael and May is like, I messed it all up. Like I said the opposite of everything I wanted to say to him. And Rachel's like, what did you want to say? And May is like, that I wanted him to stay. And she's like, well, is it too late? And May is like, he just looked so disappointed. And she feels like she can't ask him to, you know, rearrange his life for her. It's too late. So after Rachel leaves, May looks at the package she brought in, which has a VHS tape inside of it. And I'm assuming it is the interview that we see at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So back at Michael's office, Andy comes over and is like, oh, I don't know if you heard, but I am officially a full-time employee. I am on the payroll. Mm -hmm. Thank you for putting in a good word for me. He then tells Michael he's going to miss him and gives him this like big hug. (laughs) Michael's very (laughs) surprised, but it's, it's a sweet moment. And Andy's like, oh, so I read your article. It was personal. And Michael says, yeah, maybe a little too personal and just kind of ended up being about me and my stuff. And Andy says, it's not often that you meet someone like that. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, I know, like Christina and Isaac, it was, it was a crazy story. And he's like, no, I'm I'm talking about May. Because she's special, just like he she's said. She's special. They immediately – there's a spark from the moment they met. Mm-hmm. We go to the museum where May is – I don't, I don't know if having her retrospect, like the retrospect is going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so as we look around the retrospective, we actually hear the audio of Christina's interview, which um, May has curated on these like old fashioned televisions to play simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And we also get this flashback to Christina and Isaac in the dark room and then a flashback to Michael and May in the dark room. And in the interview, after we see the flashbacks, Christina says, I wish I didn't leave people behind so often. I really love this, like, this sentence being applied to May leaving Michael behind Mm. when he's the one who's leaving, but she's the one who's, like, emotionally leaving. She decided to let him go. Yeah. Yeah. In the museum, May looks at her camera in London. Michael is working at the Associated Press and he gets a manila envelope and inside is a Kendrick Lamar ticket and a note from May that says he still makes me feel guilty. Michael shows up to the venue looking all around. He's like, where is she? She's waiting for him. So they meet in the middle of this like courtyard area. I think it's outside like the Hammersmith Court or something like that. And she's like, I just really felt like seeing Kendrick again. And he laughs (laughs) and he's like, no, you didn't. So Michael says that he's lucky that Kendrick was performing here tonight. And May says she also really wanted to see him. Of course. She apologizes for not knowing what to say before he left. She didn't know how to tell him how she felt. She's not used to needing anyone, but she needs him. 
and she doesn't care where he lives. She just wants to be close to him as much as possible. She says she doesn't want to be practical and she doesn't want too much time to pass between them that they can't come back. And he just like cuts her off by kissing her. Ah. And like while their foreheads are together, it's like, again, it's a very intimate moment. They're surrounded by people, but they're the only two. Right. Their foreheads are touching and he says, we will always come back. You know that. And I kind of wish that that was like the last line of the I movie. I do too. I do yeah, too. Yeah, I was like so casual that I'm like, bitch, you took me out of it. I know. I wish that that was kind of the end. But they have one last exchange where she's like, so how is London? And he's like, oh, you know, I've just been pathetic just thinking about you. And she says, that's good. And they kiss again. And then they walk hand in hand into the concert. And that's the photograph. So what'd you think? I thought it was very rom-com. Like we have all the components where – falling in love and there's like this other thing going on but I did feel like and maybe this is going to be my basis now that I've seen Pride and Prejudice because it's (laughs) such a build I Mm -hmm. did feel like once May and Michael met we were supposed to be like oh they're soulmates and I needed like a little bit more yeah yeah I could I could see that I think we also could have benefited from like Either the scene in her apartment being longer Mm -hmm. or just like another scene of them getting to know each other beyond just like, oh, we're talking about music. Oh, we're we're talking a little bit about deeper stuff. And then, oh, we're talking about you used to date a 40-year-old woman. Oh, we're talking a little bit about deeper stuff, but not totally going all the way there because it is a new relationship. So we don't have like the benefit of anything Mm pre-established. So... I do think we need a little bit more just to really cement why exactly these two people are falling in love with each other, like these two individuals, beyond just the parallels that we're trying to draw to this other storyline. Because the the script is really reliant on these two relationships informing each other, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that's like quite enough to explain why it's exactly May and why it's exactly Michael. Right, right. Yeah. I did love, though, the flow of the story. I loved mm-hmm. the dual storyline. I think it would actually be a really great book. Mm, yeah. Like a romance novel for sure. Totally. And then also you have the opportunity to kind of go deeper into those conversations and really develop the relationship. But um, I I was like always rooting for them. I just thought mm-hmm. they were really kind people. I almost wanted to see a little bit more of them being like bad people. Mm. Or like a little bit more just diversity in what the their personalities are like. It was really like we're both just like figuring out life. We want to be happy. Da, da, da. So on that regard, it was pretty light. Even though I feel like for May, all this stuff was happening. But yeah, I just needed some more foundational support for some of the places that we get. But I did like the story overall. I felt like a really cozy movie to watch. Like yeah. the mother-daughter relationship, I think for me, really like pulled on my heartstrings. The Christina-Isaac relationship. And then the May and Michael relationship. Like when they were physically together, it was like, I feel like you have great chemistry. But when they were talking, I was like, I need more from you. 
to bring this along. One thing that I really like about this movie is that the dialogue is, it is very um, simple. Like we have a lot of these lines, like Mm -hmm. the one, for example, where she's talking about how her mom keeps using the phrase my may or the line where it's like, oh, do you think that we're just like the people that we're around in the moment where, or, or even the one that Rachel says where she's like, I'm just choosing to be with him where we use this really simple language to, to express these really beautiful and like full ideas in a way that it doesn't get overcomplicated. It's not super Mm -hmm. flowery, but because of that, I think we do lose some, depth because it is more pedestrian language yeah but i i thought that there was a lot of of really beautiful sentiments in the dialogue that we do have and Mm -hmm. i really like the themes that were explored and generational trauma i think is something that is popping up more and more in film like the most recent example being everything everywhere all at once which is all about like breaking those cycles between mothers and daughters and I it's something that I'm definitely like very interested in. So I am looking forward to seeing more art about those themes. But I thought that the way that they kind of weaved in that theme, the the idea of letting someone in closest in relationships, I really liked how those kind of played together and how everything is informing everything else. Mm-hmm. Since this movie does have a quieter tone, that's why people don't necessarily like appreciate the chemistry between Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield right. because it is just like I hear you. it's a quieter more gentle chemistry than something that's like bing bang boom like we're bouncing off each other and then like oh the it's like oh I hate you I love you it's it's just not that tone <laughs> you know yeah so and I do love the quietness and subdued nature of the film yeah which I think also like is reflected in the fact that Christina is a photographer which is like not about words it's right about the visual i loved the movie i wish that there was just like a little bit more i needed like a little bit more but Mm -hmm. i did enjoy watching it and i definitely think i'll watch it again yeah i think i think people should give this movie more of a chance it kind of got like lost to time so lost in a shuffle for sure jesus yeah but it's, it's definitely one worth watching shall we give her a rating i think i'm gonna go with a 7.5 this one i was also gonna do a 7.5 oh my gosh. wow yeah. so in sync <laughs> wow if you would like to watch it in canada it is on netflix um and you can watch it in i was like you can watch it in new york mm-hmm. you can watch it in the u.s on freebie which is a part of amazon prime yeah. you just have to watch ads while you watch the movie and then it's oh. free there we go but yeah Thank you so much for joining us for our second Fall in Love February episode. Yes, we hope you enjoyed it. We have a lot more love coming your way. And in fact, we can let you know that next week as a special Valentine's Day treat, our episode on the film Valentine's Day will be coming out a day early. It will be coming out on the 14th on Valentine's itself. Day. So if you don't have other plans, we got your back on Valentine's Day. Absolutely. And with that being said, I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.